So great to see all of you. Our Sangha, (laughs) our senior Sangha. So shall we meditate for a little while while others are arriving? sharing our our hearts and sharing our minds. Interconnected. So relaxing into the body, dropping the thinking mind into the body. Maybe into the base of the spine. And left. Let the energy go up the spine, vertebrae by vertebrae by vertebrae by vertebrae by vertebrae up to the neck. Maybe we straighten a little bit feeling that. And opening the shoulders in the shoulder blades, in the belly. And relaxing the hips and the thighs and the legs. And just being here. Relaxed. Dropping all cares and concerns. Open, easeful,
and maybe being aware that you're here today because you want to be happy, a little bit happier. We meditate because we we want to be happy, content, at ease, whatever you call it in your own words. And this desire to be happy is love. Feeling it. This impulse that we all have, we all share. Maybe easier to access this when we think how we want our loved ones to be happy. We want them to be happy. We want them to be content. We want them to be, that urge in us, that impulse in us is love. And we have it for ourselves. It's in our fiber. It's in our essence. Essence, love. And let it be felt throughout your body, this essence, love, this desire to be happy, penetrating all your muscles, your tendons, coming from the core of your being. And basking in that, bathing in that. And we suffer and we don't want to suffer. We want to be free from suffering. We grasp onto this and that position, power, fame, material things, comforts, pleasures, and we suffer. And we don't want to suffer. We want to let go of our suffering. Compassion, kindness, tenderness of heart. is essential to who we are. Like we don't want our loved ones to suffer. We don't want our family members, our friends, Compassion, 
kindness is part of our nature, essential to our being. If you can, feel your own kindness, your own compassion, empathy. How you long to be free from suffering. And as you slowly open your eyes, look around, look at all of these faces. Maybe choose someone and look in their eyes. They don't know you're looking. You don't have to be self-conscious. And realize this This person, just like me, really wants to be happy, really wants to be content. This person, just like me, has this essence love, has it, we all do. And this person wants his loved ones or her loved ones to be happy and to be content. And this person has compassion, doesn't want to suffer, just like me. And doesn't want his or her friends, loved ones, he's full of compassion or she. Permeated with love just like me. And as you're looking at this person, if you like, you could wish for them. Wish for you to be happy. Wish for you to be content. Wish for you to be at ease. Wish for you to be free of suffering. Whatever causes you difficulty, pain, irritation, fear, anger, grasping. May you be free from that. And maybe we can, if it's not too abstract, just kind of look around the whole, the group that you can see on your computer and extend your wish. May all of you 
be happy, feel this love. May all of you be free of suffering, be liberated for the rest of your days. May all of you let go and let go again and let go again and let be. So that nothing will ever get in the way again for you. When the Dalai Lama gets up in the morning, the first thing he says is this prayer from Shanti Deva, an 8th century Indian master. May I be a guard <clears throat> for those who need protection, a guide for those on the path, a boat, a raft, a bridge for those to cross the flood. May I be a lamp in the darkness, a resting place for the weary, and a healing medicine for all who are sick. For as long as earth and sky endure, may I assist until all living beings are awakened. So you might think, how can I help them be free? I can hardly help myself. <laughs> but it's this compassionate intention that really helps you and everyone else. You know, getting in touch with this essence love in you. The empathy in you. Thank you and welcome. Robert is coming a little late today. So I'm on my own with the breakout groups. I'll try to do the best I can. So the... um, The prompt today was about enlightened intention. 
And whatever that means to you, don't we, I don't think we should get too co- concerned about exactly what that is in a technical way. Just whatever it arouses in you. Do you recognize this intention in yourself? Some enlightened intention. Ajahn Shah famously said, when we let go a little, we'll have a little peace. When we'll let go a lot, we'll have a lot of peace. When we let go completely, we'll have complete peace. So um, what does that mean, let go, and what do we let go into? What is there when we let go? And can we have confidence in what is there? Can we recognize something about what is there? We have all kinds of identities that we recognize, all kinds of roles that we play in life, all kinds of different personalities in different situations. But when we let go, What's left? Who are we? All our suffering is caused by grasping onto self, grasping onto wanting something for me. But when we examine, when we let go a little bit and look within, maybe you could close your eyes now for a few minutes. And look within. What is there? Where is me? Is there a me? Who am I? 
we know just common sense and from science that we're we're not our body. This body keeps changing. Every microsecond changing. And in a macro way, we understand we're getting old. It's out of control. It gets sick despite our best efforts to keep healthy. It'll die. And we this body's changed since we were little. Since we were born. It's changed out of our control. And we are not our thoughts. Some researcher said we have 70,000 thoughts a day. Which thought is me? And our emotions, our feelings are changing all the time too. Is there something here that is me? There seems to be this awareness this knowing quality knowing thoughts knowing sensations knowing sounds knowing tastes sights feelings knowing all these changing things. And the knowing doesn't seem to change. The knowing seems to be stable. And always here. Ever since we were small children, I I remember I had this knowing back when I was a child. remember walking home from school and seeing things, knowing. This kind of brilliant, luminous quality. Is that me? Can you find it? It doesn't begin. It doesn't have a middle. It doesn't have an end. It has no location. It has no color. It has no identity. 
Yet it's always here. When we say the words, I am, there's a presence. Do we need anything more than this? To be happy. Do we need a layer of fame, recognition, anything at all? And those are always eluding us. There's nothing wrong with them. But you can't count on them because they're always changing. But we can let go into this awareness. We could let go completely. And if we let go completely and let be, nothing will get in the way ever again. Riding the awareness. Thoughts are not a problem. When we're not chasing after them. There's an expression. We look for stones and pebbles. When we should really be looking at the gold. is often compared to diamonds. A beggar who has diamonds in the walls of his hut. He doesn't know they're there. We have this diamond. So close. We can't see it. So simple, we can't believe it. So deep, we can't fathom it.
and so good, we can't accept it. The goodness of our essential being, awareness, love, and compassion. How fortunate to have this life. With this gold just waiting for us to take that backward step and open to it. Okay. Thank you. So, um, let's see. I'm going to try to do this. Um, break out into small groups and so there are a couple of prompts for discussion in your small group. And maybe we'll take some time, maybe 20 minutes if that's okay. And, and I'll just mention these questions. I don't know how to write them at a prompt right now, but maybe, it, and it doesn't matter really, just so you have a good discussion, that's the main thing. But Do you recognize some enlightened intention in yourself? What is it? And how do you nurture it? And the second one was, how does your, this practice, or your practice, how does it help you? It's important we know clearly how our practice benefits us. If we know how our practice benefits us, we'll want to do it more and we'll know the right direction. So that's a worthy exploration. And um, if you have time or if you have the inclination, who are you? So I'll break us up into groups of, uh, say, um, four or five. And uh, and if you could... um, maybe choose or or someone could say a volunteer to be uh, a representative of your group when you come back and um, maybe just briefly tell us some essential point or two that was uh, discussed in your group, if that would be okay. 
All right. Well, I I hope you have a wonderful discussion with each other. See you later. I think we're pretty much here. Um, So I hope you had good discussions. Um, So any volunteers to uh, share? Go ahead, whenever you unmute yourself. I'm through Eddie, David. Um, Please. Um, our discussion was so good that I was wanting it to, to go on and on. <laughs> um, uh, and what, um, what came out, I think, most was... Um, how important our, our relationships with other people in our daily lives um, are, and and that involves mindfulness of uh, how how we may be projecting onto other people and how and assuming things and um, uh, so and a lot about wanting to do what we can to help people and do less harm in the world and more, um, more kindness, more compassion. Um, that just kept coming up again and again. Um, listening came up a lot. Um, letting go of preferences and, and just letting go. Uh, yeah. Of, of our ideas of how things should be, that that came up. Um, wanting to meditate more and develop that even more and more and uh, great. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a summary. Anyway. Thank you. Okay. Our our group just you know was a. Very sweet sharing about the benefits of practice to actually sort of see a change. You know, it could be as simple as not, um, as less reactivity, you know, less, um, and all the different ways people were expressing that. Or someone just said, you know, I just keep coming back. I don't know why. There's something drawing me, you know, that, uh, maybe inexpressible pull to practice and then just seeing the fruits of it. So it's expressions of different ways of seeing the fruits of practice. Very, very touching. Thank you. I might follow with that um, because a couple people in our group talked about being aware of um, their own sense of peace or happiness reflected in those around them. Um, And one person talked about noticing our habit behaviors and when when we see them more clearly, 
it's easier to let go. So we talked a bit about letting go, the freedom and the, the relaxation of being able to let go. Um, also, we commented on how the last couple of years have been a wonderful opportunity for practice. And particularly Gil's 7 o'clock um, meditation and Dharma talk every morning. And um, the hope that at least some hybrid of that will continue after, uh, after this is over. Um, also, somebody mentioned that Gil had said at, I think in a retreat or somewhere, that um, when the conditions are right for awakening, it will happen, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> I thought that was rather reassuring. <laughs> When the conditions are right, it could be said about a lot of things, I guess. When conditions come together, it'll happen, whether you intend it or not. <laughs> hmm. yeah. It really helps to practice along the way. <laughs> That's part of the condition, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it occurs to me to say um, that letting go we're developing a new habit. Letting go can be a habit. Mm. And uh, compassion can be a habit. These are habits that free us. Thank you, Bridget. Hi, David. Hi, Robert. Um, Our group had a very interesting conversation and actually started out with a little bit of discomfort and um, feeling like we could have used more context for what is meant by enlightened. Um, and I don't want to speak for the, the whole group, but I think we, we ended up kind of finding our way to our own kind of personal definition, um, which really was very much embedded within the Eightfold Path and the idea of metta and bringing this intention to um, relieve suffering in ourselves and all living beings, um, but also kind of taking that 30,000 foot kind of idea of intention and bringing it down even to the mundane activities of our lives. Um, I think we had some great conversation about the phrase the road to hell is paved with good intentions and uh, kind of recognizing that any behavior that we have, any way that we act in the world is dependent on all these preceding steps. One of which is intention. And that if we don't get intention, right, then action will not follow in a way that we, uh, we would like it to. Uh, we also had some really great conversation about the how our practice and how our being in the world provides learning and learning in terms of our ability to hone our intentions and mm-hmm. learning in terms of seeing the consequences of our actions. 
So it was a it was a great conversation, perhaps a little bit different than in some of the other groups as I've I've heard them presented. Hey, thank you. I'll join in um, on our group with echoing a, a number of things that have been said already. First of all, what a rich experience it is to hear from other people on this path um, and with focus questions, because we, we have quite a wide variety of ways to interpret interacting with the questions. Um, starting, we, we started with, well, I started with the question number three about who am I and there was some agreement on my statement that I don't have a clue <laughs> at a deeper level. And there are layers of identifiers, especially around a self. Um, we just, we had some real deep appreciations overall in terms of our practice in general, um, not being able to imagine life without it. Um, Gratitude for the Sangha, again, because it's very, very supportive. Um, one theme was appreciating the stage in life that's so different from previous stages where there, I mean, not that there's not a lot going on now, but what was going on in earlier stages was quite different. And so for some, this is quite a luxurious time to be able to devote to practice in a more focused way more time if we're so inclined <laughs> to devote to practice, formal practice. Um, <clears throat> the theme of mindfulness came up as a focus of real appreciation and knowing we can be mindful of anything if we just remember to do it. I always like that thought. Anyway, wonderful group, wonderful to hear from everyone, but I always get attached to my breakout group. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jeannie. I can share what, the, what, what we're talking about. Um, the, the common thread that came up for all of us, I mean, not a few of us in the group, it was five, uh, was the truth-telling, uh, whether that, you know, be in resonance or the verbiage of the Buddha or not, whatever we are experiencing, uh, the truth-telling of that. Not necessarily, you know, uh, Gold might not be there for all of us to, you know, but pebbles and stones, we can relate. Uh, and then uh, the reactivity team that, you know, they also mentioned before of how to deal with the people. And then uh, also uh, it's made us more kinder. The practice has made us more kinder. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. And then... <clears throat> Uh, feeling of being calm uh, and then uh, one participant was saying that she was with the Thich Nhat Hanh and how just being with her in the 90s just you know that just being in the presence of someone like that uh, produced uh, calmness and you know it's a mystery of how that comes about uh, and then also at the end it was interesting that we uh, closed with the uh, death and dying, team of death and dying that so many of us, I mean all of us are <laughs> but this group particularly is closer than uh, uh, some uh, the other part of the population uh, so uh, yeah that's 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 what I, I think but the common thread among few of us was that truth telling, whether that be a Buddhist verbiage or whatever is our 
not necessarily uh, leaving the gold in there. Thank you, Ali. Thank you. Someone uh, I read recently recommends that you tell yourself every day, five times, that you're going to die. I'm going to die. Just to let that come home. Because death makes us let go. It makes us let go. So why not just go ahead and do it now and enjoy the rest of our lives? We have one or two more, no? Maybe that's it. Um, we had my group. I guess I'll go for talking about that. You guys had a lot of rich discussions. I, I'm kind of, I, I'm amazed. Um, I think the first thing that we discussed was really kind of unpacking the, the question a little bit more because I think some people more focused on the enlightened part of the question and other people like me more focused on the intent part. And so, and then we kind of went back when we realized, Oh, there's two parts, but they're very entangled together. You know, do you recognize an enlightened intent in yourself? So is that an intent for enlightenment or is that an intent that's already enlightened? You know, so just kind of like unpacking it a little bit more, um, I think our group talked about that. And I think the consensus was more not focused on the enlightenment part. Um, you know, not, not focusing on an outcome so much that the intent um, is to be more for me specifically, my, my comment in there was to be more pragmatic. Um, like looking at the six uh, parameters. Um another person said they were more conscious to be present, to be here now was their enlightened intent. Um, you know, looking at the, the words more together. Um, and then being, you know, being here and being in the present, the present moment and being here now. That was, that was seemed to be a, a pretty um, shared uh, experience about that enlightened intent about being present and being here now and not focusing so much on the outcome um, and the enlightened, you know, part in quotes, um, but more on the, on the staying present and, and uh, being in the moment. Yeah. The last paramita is wisdom. Yes. All of them include wisdom. There's wisdom and generosity giving it all away, wisdom and ethics, not harming. We're all equal. There's wisdom in all. Wisdom and joyful effort to be here. Patience to not cause, to not act out. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Is there one more or have I, we, I think we're done. So um, great. Thank you for all those wonderful comments. By the way, um, we do, for, some, for those of you who are new, um, we have small groups as well that, that are, the format's very similar to what we do here. Um, I lead them and, and um, it's like a big breakout group. <laughs> it's about the same size, six, six to eight people. 
And uh, I think people find them very meaningful. So if you're interested in joining a small group, we meet every couple of weeks for an hour and 15 minutes. And if just write to the uh, website, IMC Senior Sangha, we will get back to you with the logistics of how to get into a small group. So let's take a 10 minute break or maybe an eight minute break. Uh, If we could be back, it looks like it's 12.08 now. Maybe we could be back by 12.15. Okay. We'll see you soon. So, um, hi everyone. (laughs) That was a lively conversation. (laughs) And, uh, I'm sorry that I was in a a work-related meeting and I couldn't be here at the beginning. So I came in um, about 1140 and missed David's David's presentation and his talk and meditation, much to my chagrin, I missed it. So I'm not exactly sure what he did. I have a little bit of an idea. So if I'm in line with what he did, great. And if I'm not, just cut me some slack since I'm coming in uh, sort of blind, uh, flying blind here. <clears throat> so so what I want to do is um, I want to spend just a few minutes with you talking about um, something that's been up for me and uh, something that's... Um, up in some of the programs that I t- teach, I'm, I'm I'm sort of focusing on this this topic right now. It's uh, and I find it really fascinating, and I find it really important, really subtle, and really nuanced. So, having said that as an introduction, um, just in the spirit of transparency, uh, if if what I'm going to talk to you about, you have a question about, please feel just hold your question until the end because we'll have a chance to debrief after we do a breakout room and, and I will put you into a breakout room as well. So what I wanted to talk about with you this morning is, um, <clears throat> it's a, it's building on the theme of awareness and and the particular aspect of awareness that I'm wanting to to direct our attention to is the sudden shifts in awareness where <clears throat> we're aware of something and then there seems to be a moment where something happens and in the very next moment, we're off on some sort of a daydream or a memory or we're planning. So there are these sudden shifts in awareness that are really difficult for most of us to catch. Um, And when this happens, it's almost as though we we fall asleep in that moment and then we wake up. We think we wake up 
sort of we've been swept into a daydream and where we were is completely gone and we're caught up in a thought or an emotion or a mind state and what has happened is that we've lost mindfulness the mindfulness and the lucidity of what it's like to be present with ourselves and we've slipped into a state of mindlessness in that gap there's this it's kind of mindlessness it's like we have literally fallen into a daydream we've literally one moment we're fully present and the next we're gone we're lost in some fantasized memory about the past or some fantasized planning about a future of our own creation so there's these sudden shifts in awareness i'm going to just go over this again these sudden shifts in awareness that are truly difficult for most of us to catch this is what we practice in our practice we 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 begin slowly and gradually to to sort of look at that i i don't know how many people have said wow i'm i'm aware and then the next minute something else has happened and i know that there's a gap there but how do i how do i recognize that i'm in this period of transition so that i don't fall into the old habits that i fall into over and over again so if you are somebody that's given to ang- anxiousness or somebody who's given to anger and um one moment you're feeling one way and everything is normal and fine and the next moment you know you're ready to explode something happens so you're just minding your own business having a cup of tea <laughs> sitting in the garden and suddenly a thought crosses your radar screen and you feel this contraction in your solar plexus or you have a uh, a body mind response which is where did this come from you see so so it's like we fall out of lucidity or the ability to be aware that we are present with ourselves and what presence feels like and then we wake up in a dream or we find ourselves in a dream that we when we're dreaming it and we don't realize that we're lost there it seems like it's real it's like we're really a main character in this unfolding drama and it's generally about some fantasized memory some memory of something that happened and we're you know replaying it in our mind according to the conditions that are present in our mind because of the way that we're thinking so if we're thinking in a negative way those memories are going to be difficult and if we're thinking in some lovely ecstatic happy way those memories might have that kind of a spin but that's that's basically what's happening and there's this quality of the dream feeling real so the question that comes up is 
when this happens, how do we return from the daydream to actually being present with lucidity or knowing that we're present and conscious and not drifting along or being pulled into some daydream or mind state that we mistake as being conscious, you see? So, <clears throat> so when this happens to us, and it happens to all of us, you see, we could just go back. We don't have to go back. We don't have to go forward. We could just know that this is, this is what it's like. It's like you're, we're present. We're reading a book. And then suddenly our mind is off somewhere else. <laughs> and, and it takes us a moment to re 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 remember, recall that we're, uh, the focus of our attention was on what we were reading or we're driving along, you know, at a high speed on the freeway. And, you know, we wake up after some time, like, how did I get from here to here? When I was lost in that thought, how did I drive this distance? It's kind of shocking when that happens. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> when this happens to us, <coughs> we, we lose ourselves in something really that's akin to daydreaming. And this is habit. And this habit is hard to recognize, and it's even harder to change. I don't want to say that it can be, it, we can change this just by wishing it to go away. We can wish it to go away, and we can have the intention to be aware of it. And so, and even when that happens, the momentum of the habit that we've built up over our long lives. It's hard to change. So the program is set. And while, while we think we're in control, the truth is we're being carried along by the forces. And in the context of what we're doing here, in terms of this Dhamma group, in the, uh, so in, we're being carried along by the forces of karma or kama. So <clears throat> I don't want to, want to go off into a big discussion about comma, but I do want to say a few things to just punctuate the importance of, of cultivating this quality of awareness and this quality of a sense of what our mind states are like. So, so there are four forces of comma at work during any moment of transition. You see, so whether it's falling asleep at night, we're awake and then we fall into sleep. So <clears throat> it could be a moment to moment transition. It could be a day to day transition or to what David just mentioned about the importance of reflecting on death. It could be if you buy into the idea that there may be life after life. It could be the transition from life to life. So these four, four types of comma that I want to highlight 
are uh, referred to as um, the first is heavy karma or karma. And that's the force from our most powerful good or bad deeds or impactful states of mind. In other words, the deeply, deeply embedded traits in us. So, and they could be positive or negative. They could be, you cultivate the quality of generosity and you practice it over and over and over again. And this becomes a trait. This becomes heavy comma in a very positive way. And if you, you cultivate a negative quality, um, the conditions for that negativity are ripe and the results will, you'll get the results of what we seed. So the first is heavy comma. The second uh, is proximate comma. And that's the state of mind that's present in any moment of transition. So the state of mind that's present in any moment of transition. So, um, so taking a concept from from like the Tibetan bardo system, the last thought or feeling that you have before falling asleep at night into a dream or at the end of your life into whatever may come after that. But the, the idea is that the last thought or feeling that you have tends to reincarnate or be the first thought or feeling in your next state of consciousness. So if when we go to to um, sleep at night, if we go to sleep with a pleasant thought in our mind, or, you know, we're peaceful and resting, the likelihood that we're going to have sweet dreams is is enhanced. And if we go to bed churning over something, ruminating, uh, you know, we're likely to wake up in the middle of the night ruminating. I certainly know that has happened to me. So this proximate, this is what's called proximate karma. Uh, habitual karma is the force from our ordinary habits. You know, um, uh, what would be an example of an ordinary habit? Um, you know, I like a, I like certain things for breakfast, and I like my breakfast at a certain time, and something like that. So things that you do over and over and over again, and then the fourth is random karma, which arises when these other three kinds of karma aren't in play. Now, <clears throat> what does this have to do with this moment of transition? Well, it really has everything to do with the moment of transition because <clears throat> the proximate comma is the one where we have the most control. So if we learn how to control our, our minds, if we learn the ways that our minds are programmed, so so, so to speak, or we start to pay attention to those moments of transition and we don't lose mindfulness in just 
over and over and over again slip into fantasies of this, that, or the other thing, we can actually transition from sleep, from waking state into sleep with a kind of presence or lucidity. We can know that we're sleeping, in other words. So as we approach our death, we're advised to work with this. And there's a phrase that was coined by Allen Ginsberg that was taken up by uh, Trumpa Rinpoche um, when he was alive and teaching. It's called last thought, best thought, or proximate karma. This refers to how the last thought on our mind before we transition into sleep has a big impact on how we fall asleep or how we die. So, so all of this seems pretty heady in a way, but when we're practicing, whether we're sitting in meditation or we're, you know, in making an inquiry into the nature of our experience, um, and we notice that we have lost ourselves, you see, it's just to remember yourself and start again. Just do it over and over again. As, as, as David said, you know, practice helps. And over time, if we are patient and we cultivate this quality, we will, we will reap the rewards of, of insight into the nature of our own experience. And this is, we've talked about this, I mean, in all my years of practicing, teachers have been talking about this in all sorts of different ways. Um, so I'm not presenting anything new here. All I'm doing is pointing out, all I'm, my intention is just to point out how important it is for us to be kind and compassionate and patient with ourselves because that moment of transition from lucidity to mindlessness to to losing our mindfulness that gap where that happens happens to us day in and day out and without catching it this is how habitual karma happens we we tend to do the same thing over and over and over again so by kind of paying attention to this we can we can bring more awareness to to not just what's happening but the effect that that has on us so really what i'm pointing to here is this quality of of for most of us, it's not knowing. We don't know when this happens to us. It just happens. And when we start to pay attention, we realize that something has happened. And still, I, I, I still look for the gap in my meditation. And I can tell you, it, it doesn't show up very clearly for me when, when I want it when I want to be aware of it. I, I try, sometimes I catch it, sometimes I don't. But I've caught it enough to know that that is 
that actually is what's happening. We're actually, we're moving, our, our awareness is, is being, it's, it's losing lucidity. We don't know we're aware, but we don't know that we're aware. And in that process, there's something called not knowing. You see? And if we can accept this not knowing and not demand that it do certain, react in a certain, or be a certain way, then then maybe there's a possibility for us to relax around it a little bit. So with that, and there may be questions and I'm just going to ask you to hold them. I want to put you into a breakout room and I'm going to put you into breakout rooms of four. And um, I was in a class with one of our teachers here at IMC, Nikki Megafore. And um, she she did a um, a breakout room, which was really fun and interesting. So I want to do the same breakout room with you, and I'll and the prompts I'm going to use are similar to what she did, and I'm just modifying it for our for our purposes. So um, I'm going to put this prompt right now into chat. And let's see if I can get in everyone in the meeting. Here we go. Did, did that, yeah. So those are the prompts. Now, what I want to do is I want to give you the instruction on how I want you to do it. So I'm going to put you into breakout rooms of David, can you form breakout rooms of four? Yeah. Okay. So in breakout rooms of four, and this is like serial rounds where there'll be four of you and you'll start, somebody volunteered to start, and then one person will say, question prompt one is, how do you experience not knowing? So I might say, I experience not knowing as feeling kind of anxious. And then that's it. That's all I say. And then the next person might say, thank you. And then they would say, I experience not knowing as in this way. And then the third person will say that. And the fourth person will say that. And then you'll just keep circling through your group for for about uh, three or four or five minutes and asking that question. And then we'll I'll prompt you to move to question number two. And then if we have time, I'll prompt you to move to question number three. But let's try to at least do the first two questions. And again, it's this serial thing. You just say one thing, and then the next person will say, respond how they how they experience not knowing, and the third and the fourth. Is that clear? Clear, everyone? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Okay, David, are you ready to send yeah. them to the room? Yep. And have fun with this. All right. So um, 
We only have about five minutes here. And um, if you look at the very bottom of your screen where it'll say on the far right, it says leave. And then the little move to the left and there's an icon that says reactions. Oh, okay. If you click on the reaction, it you can raise your hand anyone who wants to do that, and then you'll get put into a, a queue, and then I can call on you efficiently since I can't see everybody. Ali, thank you. Oh, thank you, Robert. That was really a, a great you know, uh, session. I'm wondering, uh, and that was a wonderful talk you gave on that subject. I'm wondering if you have any books that you can recommend for us in this particular subject, of the, which is really... Uh, key factor of how, how the, you know, uh, what's the origin of the thought that it, how, how does it seep in? I mean, is, do you, any book uh, comes to you at this point or later or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but thank you. Wonderful subject. No, 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 you're not, you're not putting me on the spot. I, I'm having a little trouble with your audio, but I think. Oh, it, I'm sorry. I, I, I think what you asked for was, uh, are there books on this subject? And there's there's libraries of them. But was your question about uh, the four comma? Yes. Uh, yes. I, put, I put it in chat. Oh, okay. I put it in chat so that it gives you a kind of a, a brief definition of them. So if you, I don't, I don't see it, sir. Oh. Open it. Open your chat icon at the very bottom of the screen, and then scroll down to the last entry, and that's it's from me to everyone. And there's uh, there's. I don't know if everybody does. Anybody else see it? Robert, it's not there. He's asking for a book recommendation. Robert, do you know any books? Uh, well, there's many books. Why don't you stay on for a few minutes after? Oh, no, sir. I will. Thank you. Yeah. I will. Thank you. Yeah, happy to. Happy to. But Robert, I was just wanted to giving you feedback, Robert, that there is that whatever you put in the chat is not showing up right now. It's not showing up. Correct. Well, it shows up in my chat. Um, I guess when we leave, go to breakout rooms. Once you, if you've done it at that time, then it won't be on here. All right, just a second. So, so once we came back, that chat's gone. He wrote, he wrote down the so four let's, kinds of let's try this again. Did it show up? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, anybody else? I time is short. What was it like to actually do this exercise about not knowing and to do it in that particular way? What did you notice? I, I did this last night in a group in Nikki's class, and it was really fascinating. No, it didn't. It didn't fascinate any of you. It, right. it fascinated me. It was? <laughs> yeah. Well, you. It's it's hard to answer about the. It's hard to answer about the topic versus the technique, Robert. Okay, so, so, so. I, I'm a, I'm a, I just want to offer you, I'm a professional educator. I teach teachers how to teach better. So mm -hmm. if you ever want to contact me about that, but oh, I good. like that good. technique. Thank you, Marsh. I appreciate your offer. <laughs> um, 
You know, I, I like so I like that. I like that. Of moving on. Yes. I am going to call no, I, I like the technique. There. I like the uh, technique. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your offer, Gail. Thank you. Uh, the the main uh, feeling I kept coming to was openness. It just it was a very opening feeling. Um, lose, losing ideas of what was going on in in that way, they were open to um, um, possibilities and awareness. Um, just uh, especially losing losing the ideas was was an opening and good experience. Mm. A little scary, but mm-hmm. seems beneficial. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. So just being present with that quality of being in a place where you don't actually know what's happening. Yeah. Not resisting. Okay. So maybe, maybe just as a thought, What's being known there is this quality of non-resistance, you see, where you're not pushing against something. You're just allowing whatever is happening to happen because awareness knows what's happening. But we think that something should be happening. And when it's when we think it's not, our thought that it's not is an expression of resistance. And that is where mindfulness gets lost or recognized. Thank you, Gail. Gloria. So I really like this um, uh, exercise and I found that we could each go deeper and deeper into the exploration and um, a lot of different feelings were involved. maybe way down underneath was fear, but on top of that could have been anger, anxiety, uh, shame, and so forth. But um, really uh, came back to a beginner's mind and just being Mm -hmm. okay about um, not knowing, being a beginner and start anew. Right. And that's the whole, that was the whole point of the teaching that I, I gave. When this happens, you just meet it with beginner's mind instead of the mind of the expert, and you start anew. As I shared with you on previous occasions, Bhikkhu Bodhi says the secret to enlightenment is to start and continue over <laughs> and over again. Start and continue. I love it. Okay. So we are after the hour right now, and I want to honor uh, our closing at one. I wish that we had more time. I will stay on for just a few minutes afterwards if people want to hang. But for people who need to leave, um, please feel free to do that. And please join us next month again. And uh, if you're part of the book groups and uh, groups that meet with David, um, enjoy the next meeting, which I guess will be in two weeks. David, were there any announcements that you wanted to send anybody off with? Or you're on mute, brother.
Uh, I'd just, just like to uh, make a dedication of whatever merit has accrued here, whatever wisdom or warmth or compassion or kindness or freedom, whatever merit that has been felt here, that has been accumulated here, um, may we dedicate this merit to the happiness of all beings. May all beings everywhere be happy. May all beings everywhere be liberated from their clinging, from their suffering. May all beings everywhere abide in a happiness that knows no sorrow. May all beings everywhere abide in equanimity, free from clinging and free from hatred. Mm. Okay, thank you all. It's so great to have you here together with us and hope to be able to see you, uh, see you next month. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Hi, everyone. Have a great month. Thank you. Be well and happy. Take good care of yourself and stay safe. You too. And thank you, Robert and David. Thank you, Gail. Good to see you. Thanks, Gail.